Something Something Dragons, Episode 9. Welcome to Ravengrove. Welcome to the Something Something Dragons podcast, a part of the Untold Stories Project. This is our live play of the Carrion Crown Adventure Path for the first edition of Pathfinder from Paizo Publishing. I am your host and game master, Aaron, and with me today are the Rainbow Squad as always. Say hello, heroes! Hey! Hello! Hello! We all spoke at the same time except for Red. Haha! Timing! Before we get started, we'd like to remind our listeners that Carrion Crown is a horror adventure path, and while our heroes are able to stand up to the things that go bump in the night, this adventure does contain several disturbing themes, including torture, unjust imprisonment, death, and undeath, and the supernatural. If these topics are disturbing to you, you might be happier taking in one of the other shows put forward by the Untold Stories Project. When last we saw our heroes, they had just finished the, with the funeral for Petrus Lorimore. Following the funeral, they were invited back to the home of Kendra Lorimore, the professor's daughter, for the reading of his will. During the reading, they were informed that the professor had left them each the sum of 100 platinum pieces, but as has become typical from the professor, he had two requests for them first. The first was that they return a selection of tomes to the university in Lipestat for him. The second was that they remain in Ravengrove for a month, so that Kendra would have time to set her affairs in order and determine if she wished to stay in Ravengrove or to sell the home and make her way elsewhere. The party agreed to this, and they then turned in for the night, taking enough time to open the chest with the professor's books, but not to actually read them. So we open now on the morning of the 19th of Calistral, which is a Sunday. Uh, we're going to start off with some background music provided by Tabletop Audio as our heroes begin to wake. And I suppose I would ask, which one of you do you think is probably the first one up and moving? Eklund. one. Okay. He, he, he is the kind of guy who would go to bed at 11 and wake up at 5 if he can. It also helps that Eklund is the one who doesn't have to spend an hour preparing spells in the morning. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I might be awake first but I ain't doing anything for that first hour other than preparing spells. I guess I would do that too. Yep. You have to meditate so that you've got your magic recharged for the day. That's good to know. I did not know that. Yeah. I'd probably just mess around until 3 in the morning and then sleep until 12 the next day if possible. <laughs> okay. Oh. So, so what I'm hearing is that Aliris is the last one out of her room. Got it. Uh, well, not, not if Eklund has anything to say about it. Eklund, you don't even have keys to the when house. When she wakes up, when she... That, that doesn't stop him from climbing in a window. When she uh, wakes up, he's standing next to her with a bucket of water that he was about to throw on her. <laughs> he's got a well bucket. Alright, so as you are all making your way and getting, getting ready, uh, one thing that you are all woken by is the aroma of food. There is the smell of bacon and eggs and some sort of rich uh, bread smell that is wafting through the house as you all wake up. Lyris is awake. 
They're going to make me drool all over my computer. Stop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, we know why Lyris is awake. Lyris is awake for the bread. Bread? Yeah, there's bread, bro. <laughs> you all make your way downstairs, and while you are there, uh, you know, you get down, and in the dining room, uh, there is a spread of food, which is just laid out for you all to consume. And like uh-huh. I said, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's quite a spread. It's, it's, there's, there's lots of food. There is fresh juice. There is clean water. Eklund thinks it would be very, like the only reason, the only thing that's stopping him from checking the whole thing for poison is that he's pretty sure, like he doesn't want to make Kendra any sadder. <laughs> okay. Have her like already lose her, uh, my God, was it her husband or her father? I can't remember. That's father. Bad. It's her father. It's her father. Okay. Yes. <laughs> God. After her father's death, have she's like, yes, these are my guests, and Eklund's just standing in the back with like a chemical set, like testing it all for poison. <laughs> he prefers Wait. to only. Uh, I want to add this to his trait that he could, he prefers to only eat food that he has caught and prepared. Okay. So wait, hold up. You broke into the house. No. The door would have been opened, and she and he, and Eklund would have been welcomed in. But you also do notice that uh, Kendra is dressed rather sharply. And as you all make your way down, she says, uh, uh, "Breakfast is uh, ready. Um, if you'll excuse me, I actually need to go to church." So. Yes. And one thing that I would like to note: I am not currently wearing my hat of disguise. I'm hoping she won't be too alarmed by that. But I am twirling it around in my hands. Okay. Um, she doesn't even seem to notice that you're not wearing the hat. Like she doesn't even comment on it. Great! I love that. <laughs> uh, it's a fair assumption that uh, the professor had told her that you were in fact in a Nagathi. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. That's great. <laughs> so the minute Talia sees Eklund, she flies right over and goes, "We need to talk." He goes, oh, "He goes." He he mutters under. Uh, he flinches when she said that. Says that and then mutters under his breath. Um, I'm torn between. He goes, "I'm torn between suspicions and the ethics of following someone to church and keeping an eye on them." You're not following her. So she is going to go ahead and leave. She does say, you know, you obviously have the the run of the house. Um, if you want to finish examining the contents of Father's chest, the key is still right there next to it. I shouldn't be more than an hour. Talia put the key around her neck, remember? Uh, that's right. So, never mind. Talia's holding on to the key. Um, Eklund has crammed an entire quarter of a loaf of bread in his mouth and is just tearing off hunks like a wild animal. It's very good. It, it, a second later, he he just, with his mouth full, just goes, Ooh, go finish, Rish. And he's like reaching for the whole loaf. <laughs> Kendra just kind of <laughs> chuckles and says, uh, Yeah, well, I will, I will see all of you shortly. Yeah. Make sure that they have everything she ne- they need, she says to the ear. And then she'll leave. I know. Okay. I think I know what this is. Talia has no idea, but I do. Clint is very confused. Yeah. Um. 
Zalpha grabs like a lot of bacon and um, Miv, um, and there is a actually a snake like kind of twined around her wrist, going towards the plate of food, and she feeds it a bit of bacon. Okay. Clint manages to eat a loaf and a half of bread before he's full. <laughs> you will notice when you uh, you empty out the platter of the bacon that the platter is lifted up and taken out of the dining room into the kitchen. Eklund just spits a mouthful of bread on the floor and manifests his claws. Eight. I'm gonna detect magic. Okay. Where, where like, the platter is being moved, that's where I'm yeah. getting it. Sure. Um, and there is a, uh, there is a spell there. There is a conjuration effect. If you'd like to give me a uh, spellcraft check, I can tell you what it is. Good. I rolled a four for a total of nine, so... Uh, yeah, you're sure it's a conjuration effect, but you can't identify the spell. It's I could have rolled that too. Sure, absolutely. Twelve. That's good enough to identify a first level spell. It is Unseen Serpent. Remember that one? Why didn't I realize that? Yeah, it's Unseen Serpent. <laughs> because while Green knows the spell, there's no reason that Eklund would have, so that makes total sense. Um, does, um, do I know if um, it is a conscious being or not, or just, like, a spell. So an unseen servant is an invisible, mindless, shapeless force that performs simple tasks at your command. Oh, okay. It would have been polite if it, like, had a consciousness, but it doesn't, so I just nope. will ignore it. It is completely non-sentient, and all it will do is continue to make sure that the food and drinks are being, like, you know, the, the, the plates are full. That is what it has been told to do. So it will continue to do that again and again. Eklund, right. we need to talk. He just, uh, he, he crams another, he, he crams the last heel of bread into his mouth and just looks over at her, like, for once, despite the fact that he seems oddly awkward around her, his love for bread is just like, like, I have forgot all table manners. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and say for the purposes of the map that nine on the map is the dining room. Perfect, I moved there. Ooh, nice. Where were you yesterday? After the funeral? He goes, um, I thought that councilman was up to something. He seemed like the common word a sleaze ball. I would why would you assume he's up to something? Something in the voice. I just I, oh my oh, yeah, God. you should know by now that I suspect everyone. You need to not. Look, it's been a year since I've seen you, since any of us have seen each other. And instead of taking a minute to actually come back and chat with us, you wandered off. I... Because, look... I'm sorry, but I have learned in the last year a lot of things about trust. I yeah. have learned. I get it. I thought I trusted Lorimer, and now everyone's claiming he's a necromancer. No, not everyone. Some idiots claimed he was a necromancer. Who got twelve people to follow behind him? All right, listen. They don't seem like the brightest, but they don't seem like the, bi the brightest. I don't, what would the metaphor be actually? What up? I was about to say the brightest bulbs in the box, and then I'm like, wait, do light bulbs even exist here? Sharpest tool in the shed, my yeah. word. Yeah, probably. So, it's not the sharpest tool in the shed. 
<laughs> they don't seem like the sharpest tools in the shed. But no, I mean, hold up. Pause for a minute of what Talia's ranting about. From what I knew about the professor, mm-hmm. why would they? Do I know? Do I have any idea why they might think he was a necromancer? People who are ignorant will often con- will, will will often say that any magic that they don't recognize and understand is necromancy or witchcraft. You also do know that the professor did investigate all sorts of unpleasant things. Eight. So what? To someone who isn't well-educated, is there a difference between a necromancer and someone who goes around studying dark magic? Maybe not. True. They aren't smart. I assume they know nothing about magic. So if someone was going around trying to figure out about... Gee, remember the psychic phenomena? Phenomena? Is that how you say it? Phenomena. Mm-hmm. I hate the words sometimes. Do, um, do, 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 do. <laughs> phenomena. phenomena. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Back on subject. Sorry. We were I love how just all our minds went there immediately. That's actually, that is honestly the way I remember how to pronounce the word is by just going, phenomena. <laughs> <laughs> I just but like anyway. the word. Anyway, anyway. They, I mean, remember, we were dealing with ghosts and that whole thing. They might assume, because he was probably researching a little bit about ghosts, Oh, he's making ghosts. Oh, he's making dead bodies. Because they're idiots. Well, you don't have to be a necromancer to make dead bodies. They true. Alright, listen. (laughs) Okay, no, Eklund didn't say that. I said that. I know, that's me saying, alright, listen. Oh. But still, alright, look. And, let's once again be honest. Did that dude... What's his name? That Shane Hearthmount? I'm never pronouncing that. He's a councilman, right? He is a council member, yes. I'm just gonna call him the councilman. Okay. That councilman never was on their side. He came to the funeral and didn't say anything disrespectful. Why would- oh my god. Look, I get it, you've been learning about trust living in the woods or whatever you do. I've been doing the same, but differently, by talking to people and being nice. And let me tell you- goes, I've tried talking to people. I've tried trusting people. But he he throws his cloak over his shoulder and pulls the collar of his shirt down to reveal a scar that quite obviously goes far below his shirt collar. But it is it the cut the wound was at least an inch deep and probably missed his vital organs by like not much. And he goes, This is what trust got me. You know what trust got me? A big group of friends, and probably one of the closest things I'll ever have to a family. If you were here, you would have known. I was, as I caught up with them. You notice as as you say that, like, all the fight kind of dies from him. While I was gone, I went wandering Regia, and I found a really fun group of gnomes. They were willing to take me in, because gnomes are relatives of the Fae. Distant relatives, but relatives. And I... They were just so nice to me. They're like a family. And I wouldn't have gotten that if I didn't trust them. I get it. You didn't have the easiest life, but you don't need to automatically assume ill will of everyone. Look, just, I wanted to catch up with you. That's why I'm upset. It's been a year. 
Azatha is just kind of glancing in their direction, eating bacon like popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... (laughs) So for all of our listeners, for the reason why we are laughing, because you cannot see what's going on, our GM decided to put into the chat as the role of the professor's chest, with sits there ominously waiting to be opened, to which I have responded with, shut it. Oh, yeah. We're having a big emotional moment here. Which is even more funny with the fact that I have shut the chest and relocked it. Fair. (laughs) After opening it, so, you know. You notice, uh... um... Eklund just kind of turns away for a second with his hand hand over his face. And a second later, uh, you notice him- he shakes his head for a sec and then pockets something that you're pretty sure wasn't in his hand before. But you, you also notice that as you guys are like turning away, he does it again. He, he puts his hand over his eyes, seems to be grabbing something, and puts it in, and puts it in his pocket. Oh my god, bro. Just take your eye out of your face. <laughs> his eyeballs are not usually removable. He would have to kill himself to do that. Or at least blind yourself. So they're not impossible to remove. I mean, technically you can remove a human's eyes and they can still be alive. She has a point. I imagine he would have to be, like, unconscious to make him relax enough to get his eyes out. But either okay. way, this- Are we talking about this? Yeah, why are we? I don't we? know. Let's move on. Yeah. I mean, they're emeralds, so. So she'll kind of fly over. Um, you all right, Necklin? He just jumps and goes, yes. Alright. And you notice his hand goes protectively over that pocket like he's hiding whatever's in it. Oh. Alright. Uh, so after that, Talia, do they have shrimp bucks? Yeah, I said the were eggs. No, oh, I did not hear that part. Uh, so, um, she's gonna go grab some eggs, eat some of those for a little bit, uh, pull out some paper and, like, some ink and a quill, and start writing. Okay. She's writing a letter. Eklund is poking the chest repeatedly, listening to the lock. Like, did you open it yet? I've opened it once, and I have the key around my neck. Okay, then he doesn't do that. Yeah, she she opened it last night and saw the top book that said, read me first, and then said, nope, and closed it. (laughs) She said, I'm not in the mindset for this tonight. Not right now. But she also wants to be the first one to read it, so that's why she has the key around her neck. Um... Okay, then Eklund is just kind of walking around. He picks up a pi- he picks up a pitcher of water, uh, drinks some straight out of it, like he doesn't even care. Um, then uh, sniffs the juice once and kind of gets this distasteful look. Then you notice walks for the wine cellar, <laughs> despite the fact that it's probably before noon. Okay. Uh, well, we established that there is a uh, well-stocked bar in the sitting room. He goes straight for it. Flynn, don't steal people's wine without asking. He just goes, I don't want anything expensive. Then pour, and then uh, he takes like a cheap honeyed, like hun- mostly honey whiskey kind of a thing. As soon as you have to drink out of the bottle, the size against it, pours like a, a normal glass worth and drinks it. All right. Also, do you even know manners? <laughs> he just looks at her and belches a cloud of dust. Oh my god. After everybody has some food and stuff, um, and like everybody like 
stops talking for a bit. I'll go. Well, uh, should we look at that chest? No, let me finish this letter, all right? <laughs> and Azasa comes through with advancing the plot. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> no, screw plot advancement. Um, it. We have okay, screw plot advancement completely, playing four demi-humans in this city. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, but, no, uh, the reason I'm, I was starting to say screw plot advancement, we have character development going on. Fair enough. So, I don't know, is anyone gonna try to look at this letter? I, I... Eklund is nosy, but he won't really be that nosy toward Talia, even though he keeps glancing over, like, suspiciously. You know, to be honest, um, Alyris is more interested in the bread than anything else right now. <laughs> Alright, that's right. So, I mean... <laughs> Alright. And then I just assume that Zafa is not a jerk, I don't know. Yeah. She's kind of interested in people's stuff, stuff sometimes, but she doesn't really care right now. Talia ain't really hiding it. Alright, so you finish your letter. Yep. Um, is there a post office here or something? There's not a post office, but there are messengers who will come through and who will take letters from one town to another. Alright, well, she'll put it away for now. She doesn't know when those will be here next. Okay. Two. Alright. Fine, I guess we can... What, what time is it by now? Um, I would say it is probably... It's not yet noon. It's probably like around 11 in the morning. Hmm. Right. And when does there... When, when would she assume a church session would normally end? Depends on the priest. It could be over as soon as 12. It could go until 1. Hard to say. Father Grimbro seemed like the kind of the guy who might talk for a while. Ah. Uh. Especially since you remember that he said that he was going to have some words for the, uh, for the ruffians. Not those guys. Fine, I'll open the chest. After, birds later tonight, do you guys want to go over to the, uh, tavern and have a few drinks together? Uh, sure, why not? Eklund just, go um, Eklund just smiles. That's all the shrugs and it's like, eh, yeah, I'll come. Alright, so she'll go over to the chest and open it. Alright. So when you open the chest, like I said, there are in total five books inside this chest. The one that is on top, which looks the newest, has the phrase, like I said, read me now scratched into the leather cover. Now that it is morning and you're a little more rational, a little less emotional, you actually can recognize that the handwriting of the scratched into the cover is the professor's handwriting. Wait, I'm gonna hmm. stop a sec. Okay go into her bag. She's gonna pull out the book from episode four. Five, okay. Five. Oh, the talking book. The talking book? <laughs> what happened to it? Eklund just goes, can I please shred this thing eventually? No. Oh! You know, no! Let's see. Actually, now how about he just says, because uh, he wouldn't have seen it in a while, he just goes, oh, not again. <laughs> I've been showing them the world. Yes? <laughs> he just goes, it's I a book just... you can't even see. Yes, we can. Don't touch <laughs> uh, Just checking up. Are you guys alright? Sorry for keeping you in the bag so long. We're fine. Alright. We're a book. We're used to spending lots of time on a shelf. Um, so, quick question. Yes? I don't remember asking you. How long were you with the professor? Oh, the professor acquired us about five years ago. Um, do you have any stories of him? No, he found us in a shop. He took us to his, to his office. That's about it. 
you've been living in a shop. You were living in a shop for a while? That sounds awful. <laughs> well, the shop owner hardly knew what it was that he had in his possession. Alright, well, just checking that you guys were okay. We're fine. Great. It's fine. I don't mind being left alone in the dark. It's Sorry. fine. Eklund goes, I like you the most. I like you too. I'll make sure that you're the last one whose brain I eat. <laughs> oh god! Eklund goes... Eklund just, he doesn't speak, but his claws appear. <laughs> There's a reason why there was a... They say will or would. The last person's brain I will eat or would eat. She did say the last person whose brain I will eat. I will keep that in mind, but um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, none of you are concerned now. Like, wait, you've been carrying for this book for the past year? <laughs> Why not have some bread instead? All right, well, all right, all right. Just, just checking. Uh, she'll kind of uh, quickly fly to her room, set it down, so it's not in the dark anymore. Okay. And then fly back down. Okay. Oh, with the chest. Yeah. Wait, no, there's no... Maybe. It's only books. She could carry it. Or you could just leave the chest down there and let everyone else look at through the books while you go take it. Mm, she wants to be the first one to read it. She she really liked the professor. He was, like, really close to her. Okay. He taught her a lot of things. Okay. You could also just set it down, you know, like, on the coffee table here in this room where there's light. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So she'll do that, and then she'll pull out the first book, shut the chest again, Okay. In case there's any weird magic in there that we want to keep in there as long as we can. You had detected magic and had not detected any magic coming from the chest. Yeah, well, I don't know. Alright. And flip open to the first page. Alright, so if you flip if you flip open to the first page, you quickly realize that this is actually the professor's journal. Oh no. Wait a sec, wait a sec. Before we actually start reading the first page then, she's flipping to whenever she can find the date of their first of their I guess second one because that was the one that he went on with them uh-huh did he write about these journeys he did you're gonna see a small smile come to her face seeing that and uh, you can see that actually head over her shoulder there is lots of praise for each of you inside those pages she's reading this out loud for them okay yeah he talks he talks about Eklund's bravery and Lyris's cunning, and Azatha's uh, magical power, and Talia's overwhelming kindness. Oh, they, there's totally not tears coming to Talia's eyes. And just, and just saying that, you know, these are four remarkable individuals, and that he is very pleased to have made their acquaintance, and to know that they are, to know that they are on, on his side um, against the forces of darkness in this world. Eklund um, turns around and you notice him again sort of messing with his face and he uh, adds something more to the, his pocket. There's totally not tears coming to my eyes. <laughs> so, but while you were flipping to those pages, you do notice that there are several entries throughout the journal that are actually circled in red ink. Once she's done reading this and uh, wiping away the tears, uh -huh. giving me an excuse to actually wipe away my tears. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. she will go back to the one circled in red. All right. 
Well, with that in mind... Rafa is also currently looking over um, her shoulder, too. Oh, good. Also, uh, we demand that you read it in the professor's voice, because we miss his voice. <laughs> All right. We um, demand. So, flipping through, you notice that there are about six different entries that were circled. The first one is dated ten years ago. Wow. And it, where it, it's written in uh, Lorimore's hand, you see that he wrote, The Whispering Way is more than just a cabal of necromancers. I see that now. Undeath is their fountain of youth. Uncovering their motivation does not place me at ease as I thought it might. Their desire to be eternal simply makes them more dangerous. Not creepy at all? Yep. Wait, those are like glitches, right? Aren't those, isn't that like glitch or is that... What? The Whispering Way? No, no just thinking about eternal... But could be a lich. Could be an... I mean, I would say technically any form of undeath w would be considered the same as being part of the Fountain of Youth, but yeah. I mean, I'm just talking about, like, you know, being immortal. You don't really want to be immortal when you're a zombie because you have no thoughts. Well, yeah, but... But, like, if you're a lich, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, there's all sorts of intelligent undead, so... The next entry that is circled is from two months ago. So back in Kuthona of 4710. And it says, It is as I feared. The Way is interested in something here in Ravengrow. But what could it be? Slack, baby. The next entry, uh, a month ago. Whatever the Way seeks, I am now convinced their goal is connected to Harrowstone. In retrospect, I suppose it all makes sense. The stories they tell about the ruins in town are certainly chilling enough. It may be time to investigate the ruins. But with everyone in town already being so worked up about them, I'd rather not let the others know about my curiosity. There's plenty of folks hereabouts who already think I'm a demonologist or a witch or something. Ignorant fools. Thank the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm just really happy that they used witch as not female magic user and as witches. Well, you know, in Pathfinder, witch is a class. Exactly. But people don't understand that. There is an entry that it was from uh, 29 Abadias, so essentially 20 days ago. It says, it is confirmed. The way seems quite interested in something. No, strike that. Someone who was held in Harrowstone. But who specifically is the way after? I need a list of everyone who died the night of the fire. The Temple of Fert Rasma must have such a list. Fire. Okay, I can kind of see after that why if he's asking for a list of dead people, they'd think he was a necromancer. Yeah, yeah. But my question is, what's what fire? Well, you'll have to investigate Harrowstone, won't you? And where was um, um, the Illergard Manor again? Uh, Illergard Manor is nowhere near here. Okay. A Harrowstone, I feel like I've heard that before. Where is that again? It's just outside of this town. Oh, no, isn't it like a prison? It is a former prison, yes. Oh, yeah. In fact, the town of Ravengrow was largely founded to support the prison. From 18 days ago, which, if you're keeping track, would have been one day before he died. Mm, well, that's... I see now just how ill-prepared I was when I last set out for the Harrowstone. I am lucky to have returned at all. The ghosts, if indeed there were ghosts, for I did not find it prudent to investigate further, 
prevented me from transcribing the strange symbols I found etched along the foundation. Hopefully on my next visit, I will be more prepared. Thankfully, the necessary tools to defend against spirits are already here in Ravengrow. I know that the Church of Phrasma used to store them in a false crypt in the Restlands, at the intersection between Eversleep and the Black Path. I am not certain if the current clergy even know of what their predecessors have hidden down below. If my luck holds, I should be able to slip in and out with a few borrowed items. Oh, so he not only was asking for a list of dead people, but apparently he's also a grave robber to them. Well, he does say that it was a false crypt. So I would actually have to pause this here, because Tully is the one reading this out loud. Uh-huh. When she read the... Uh, the ghost, she'd probably pause and go... <laughs> whisper like, oh crap. Mumble <laughs> a few curses in uh, Sylvan. The language of the Fae. Um, and then... <sighs> Great. And continue. There is one last entry, which is the last one in the journal. From 17 days ago. Uh, Tomorrow evening, I return to the prison. It is imperative. The way does not finish. My caution has already cost me too much time. I am not sure what will happen if I am too late, but if my theory is right, the entire town could be at risk. I don't have time to update my will, so I'll leave this in the chest where I'm sure it'll be found, should the worst come to pass. Oh, mm, great, 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 great. That's great. Um, that's awful. No, that's awful. <laughs> so what, what the hell's the way? Can I roll a knowledge local to see if I've heard rumors about it? Um... Let me... Or any knowledge. Yeah, hold on a second. There's a whole section here about uh, research that the party can do. Yay. You can give me a knowledge arcana or a knowledge religion check to know what you know about the Whispering <gasps> Way. Did you just say religion? I did. I can do religion. Hope. Okay. Azatha can also do arcana. Yep. Unless I roll bad. I rolled a 7 for a total of 13. Okay. Because apparently I cannot roll. I accidentally rolled twice, but my first was a 20. Okay, so let me tell you what you are both able to discover. So Talia, you remember, uh, you've heard something about the Whispering Way. They are a sinister organization of necromancers who have been active in the inner sea region for thousands of years. Azatha, you know a little bit more. You know that agents of the Whispering Way often seek alliances with undead creatures or are themselves undead. The Whispering Way's most notorious member was Tar Bafon, the Whispering Tyrant, although the society itself has existed even longer than that mighty necromancer. Really? Yep. Zotha's eyes kind of widen and it's like, oh no. <laughs> oh? What? what? Well, I, mean, I know they were necromancers. It's a cult of dead people. Wait, uh, they're all dead? Not not all of them. But they like uh like raise people from the dead. Sometimes it's themselves Aww. and are seen as evil. Oh no. Uh, this isn't very good. No, no, it's not. Um crap. Oh no. Oh no. But yes, so so that is uh what um you would also the name Tarbafon, the whispering tyrant was a uh, a very powerful lich who wrecked a swath of destruction across Galarian. So. We're down! 
<laughs> oh, so I know this sounds kind of gamey, but I can just because the players seem really nervous. Isn't there an entire different adventure path about taking him down? There is. And isn't he also still around though? Uh, as far as anyone knows, Tarbafon has been banished slash put to slumber, but uh... oh, yeah. But yeah, guys, uh, there's a different adventure path for that. So we probably, unless we're gonna go really off script, are not gonna be dealing with him. We'll find out, won't we? Hopefully. I was going to say, if you guys want to see what you can remember off the top of your heads about uh, Harrowstone, anyone could give me knowledge local or knowledge history. I need a knowledge skill besides nature, because it never comes up. It will come up, I promise you. I roll a 19 for a 26 for local. Okay, Okay, so I'm very confused. What's going on? So we figured out that that group that he was talking about, the way, are all a bunch of necromancers who some are die, died. Yep, some are died. <laughs> some are dead, and like liches or something. And mm. you know they make undead happen and stuff. And one of their members, one of their most known members, is the Whispering Tyrant, who is a very powerful lich that has well, kind of ruined part of Valerian. Okay, so. And I'm trying to figure out what I know about Harrowstone. Okay. So, Harrowstone, uh, you would know that Harrowstone is, in fact, a ruined prison. It was uh, partially destroyed by a fire in 4661, so just about exactly 50 years ago. Locals suspect that it was haunted. It was built in 4594, and Ravengrow was founded at the same time. Uh, The fire that killed uh, most of the prisoners and most of the guards destroyed a large part of the uh, prison's east wing, but most of the stone structure is more or less intact. But apparently not, because the professor got his head crushed. I said more or less. The prison's warden also perished in the fire along with his wife, although no one is 100% sure why she was even in the prison when the fire occurred. There is a statue which commemorates the warden and the guards who lost their lives, which is on the riverbank just outside of the town. You would also know that most of the criminals who were sent to Harrowstone were only supposed to be there for a few months because this is where most of the executions in Ustalav were actually carried out. Oh. The fire. Oh. So the fire that was caused the tragedy was in many ways a blessing in disguise because there was a riot in the prison and they had gained control of the prison's dungeons. The guards who managed to escape talked about the sacrifice of the warden, whose name was Hawkerin, Um, and how his sacrifice is what let them keep the town alive. And also, what is is also known based on your incredible knowledge local role? The 19. At the time that Harrowstone burned, there were five particularly notorious criminals who had recently arrived. Um, It is commonly believed that the those five were behind the riots and also possibly behind the fire. So, this is what you have uh, figured out based on reading the books and racking your own brains for information. Thanks, I hear it. Eklund's just sitting in the back looking like very brooding and thinking hard and he he keeps messing with that pocket that he's uh, keeping secret and it it makes like a rattling clinking noise like rocks or glass banging together 
Ellie's gonna try to pickpocket him. This is not gonna <laughs> end well, guys. Does she even have sleight of hand? She doesn't have sleight of hand. Alright, well she can roll a dex check, I guess. She's gonna try to grab it. Can can she do that? Oh powerful GM? I mean, sure. Hey, she's as curious and she knows that he won't let her. It will be a, an opposed check between her sleight of hand and uh, his perception. It's based off dex, right? Mm-hmm. Alright, so I gotta add my dex bonus is what I'm hearing. <laughs> 21. I, uh, no, I, I, I can try. She ain't gonna make it. I can try. And a nat 20. Ooh. She needs that or a 19 to mat. 20 plus 2. Nope, 16. <laughs> she rolled a 14. She got 16. Alright. No, okay. she, she failed. She tried. So, <laughs> he just grabs her hand and goes, what are you doing? I want to see what's in your pocket. Goes, oh, and then, um, even though it is often quite hard to notice if he's blushing or not because of the tone of his skin, it does darken quite a bit. <laughs> he yeah. just roughly yanks the pocket away. Mm. Well, you keep hiding it. That you, No, you're not helping my, your case. Look, you want me to leave it alone? Show me. Fine. And then, um, uh, he, but he, he, he says this just to her, like, he's not letting the party see he pulls out um, a handful of... Th- there are these sort of strange glass or quartz things. You can't, like... Some of them are just these small, rounded shapes. And then some are longer and uh, with this long sort of trail coming off the back. You do recognize that a lot of them fit the same shape that a teardrop might. Hey, do you cry rocks? <laughs> He, he just blushes even darker than he had before and puts them and oh. shoves them back in his pocket. <laughs> Yo! Illyris! Yeah? Echo got these rocks! <laughs> Echo just pulls up his head and just shot it, fairy. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool! He just goes, really think so? That's, that's kind of cool. It kind of smiles awkwardly. It, it's, it's, very, it's very interesting. <laughs> he goes, I've tried to sell them before, but they always ask where they came from because they're such a weird shape, but no one ever actually wants to buy, like, a necklace made of tears or something. I mean, I'm gonna be cool. honest. Who wouldn't want to buy that? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Azafa, we'll go These are the tears of my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> It's off. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> oh, you is this, he- this is just me, but <laughs> looks like a heavy weight has been lifted off his shoulders, and you realize from the weight of the pocket as he shifts to put him back in that apparently no one has bought them for a while because the pocket must weigh like half a pound. <laughs> like, Wait a second. Probably a couple months worth of tears in here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a sec. You were you, when we were reading, and I read out loud the phrase. You, you, you did like weird things, like wiping your face ish, but not and grabbing things and putting it in your pocket. So you're crying, right? Yes, and blushes again. All right. Uh, so why were you crying when I was talking to you about finding the family? Because she's smart, bro. I've yeah. never had one. Well, I mean, same. <laughs> Let me say something funny. Uh, Gathlings are born by ourselves. Uh, we're just born out of this 
seed from a really cool fairy tree. At least that's what I've been told. <laughs> Who told you that, though? Other uh, Gaffins. I found like two. Oh, wait, that makes sense. But um, actually, the leftover parts of that seed I was from is why I have Ling. But yeah, because of that, you know, we don't have a family. Like really, it, it, the closest thing I had was a tree I've never even seen. Because it's really hard to get to the realm of the Fae. <laughs> I'm no. sorry. Oh my god. Once again, our listeners cannot see this, so I have to tell them. Yellow decided to put it to the chat. Wait, is Talia the fruit? And I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> it depends on where she came out of the tree. If she got like pooped out of a branch, then yes, she's a fruit. Or she came out Actually, of the, trunk or the question is whether or not Talia has seeds. PSFRD. That's right, I think. Yeah. Uh, it says that we, that Gaplings cannot reproduce. <laughs> so, <laughs> not. so I'm assuming no. <laughs> I don't really want to do You're this You're not a fruit. She doesn't have seeds, so she's a vegetable. <laughs> yeah, no, but, uh, any, any, um, but yeah, so we're not exactly born for family, and once again, I mean, I think one time I got to do a really awkward thing because someone's like, Wow, your mom raised you wrong. And I was like, huh, I didn't have a mom. Which made them feel really bad oh. for me. And that was fun, though. Although, it's also got a fun situation where someone's like, I'm going to go tell your mom. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, you're going to the to talk to a tree? That's weird. Eclipse just goes, I feel your pain. As far as I know, my father was an earth genie and... Well, the innkeeper found me in a basket that said, please kill this. Ooh. Alright, that sucks. Are you going to look at any of the other books? Um, no, because I'm assuming those are books that we should go return. Probably, like, but... a glance at the titles. Um, alright, so if you do look at the other books, there, um, like I said, there's four books. Three of them have a note that is tucked into them that says, to be delivered to Montagane Crowell. Who is a professor at Lipestadt University? Told to deliver to him, right? Well, you were told to take these back to Lipestadt. You and the books that are to be returned to him. There is one that is it's says on verified madness, which is like a, a book. A band. It's <laughs> it sounds like it. It's a book about aberrations who are native to oh. Galarian. Another book is serving your hunger which is a copy of one of the unholy texts to the goddess Ergothoa. Eklund looks at that one with a very suspicious, like, hmm. Um, and the third one is a book called The Umbral Leaves, which is a translation uh, into common of the unholy book of Zon Cathan. I know why there were all these rumors. Well, I mean, he did say that these were books that would be dangerous for Kendra to be found to possess or to even keep in her possession, so... Why we have to do it? All right. The fourth book is a leather-bound uh, purple book with a brass scarab set with an eye in the center, and it has a lock on it. And there is a note on that which says to return this one to Embrith Deramid, who is a judge at the Lipestat Courthouse, and it actually asks that this be handled discreetly 
and get, it lists her home address in Lipestad. All right then. Um, no, got it. She'll nod, be like, "Great, we don't need to look at any of these." <laughs> Echo just goes, goes, "Fairy, are you crazy?" Uh, I'm sorry. You want to read the creepy evil books? I want to know why Lorimore has books about cult, apparently b- cult Bibles, as well as whatever the purple thing is. I'd at least like to get the lock open. No, 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 no. Well, if they really are cult Bibles, then we probably shouldn't be looking at them. Exactly. <laughs> he goes, I do see your point. And the, the locked one, gee, I mean... I mean, it is, it is not a stretch that if uh, the professor was investigating the Whispering Way, that these would be books he would use as references to find out more about them. Oh, understand that. Clint goes into the other room and grabs the talk, or wherever you put it, and grabs the talking book. <laughs> then just, he, he just puts it in front of the purple one and goes, what is that? It's a book! <laughs> he goes, he goes, you came from a couple libraries. I'd assume, I'd assume you have had some idea of why there's a purple book with an eyeball on the cover sitting in this box. I've never seen that book before. From a shop. Eklund is quite obviously grinding his teeth. <laughs> Listen, none of them are evil. None of them have mad book action. A lot of them have evil things in them. But none of them are detecting as magic. Correct. Which means... I so then let's bash the lock open and open it. No! Eklund, if we bash the lock open, how are we going to give it back to them? Because they might assume, hey, my book was still locked. Why is it not? Okay, then let's find the key. If Lorimore got the book, Lorimore has the key. Use the chest key on it. Why do you want to read these books? I want to know... The others have titles. It's obvious what they are. This one... Okay, from the looks of it, it could be, even if it's not magic, it could be a spell book. I would- I think you still get a little bit of a magic trace if it's a spell book. He also said it was, like, pretty dangerous to carry around, um, or at least his daughter did. So if you probably look at what's inside, then more people will probably want to kill you. The thing, also, this lets us- Thieves Guild already wants me dead. Do your worst. Well, then you don't want more people wanting you dead. So, Eklund, listen, let's think this out. If it's dangerous for Kendra to have, it's probably dangerous for anyone to be found with, especially if, you know, the Church of Phrasma just randomly is like, yo, why do you have three evil books of, like, evil, unholy texts? Like, that's not gonna be good for us. So, you know, if we don't actually read any of these books, it lets us plead guilty by, hey, we have no idea what's in this. We were just told from an old friend to please go return this because he died. Okay, but I want to read it once we get into the other town. No, we're not reading it. End of story. As she I mean, closes. you could always have your rogue try to pick the lock, I suppose. I'm uh, not wanting it. Good. That's my point. Mm. I don't think we should be reading this, guys. But I'm bored. Can I just pick the lock? No. Yeah. No. Please, please do not pick the lock. We don't want some weird stuff in our heads. You know what, here, Elias, if you're bored, I can relock the chest and I'll let you have fun unpicking and re- uh, uh, Picking the lock and then having me re- uh, And you can try unpicking the chest lock. Oh, yay! As long as you don't unlock the book. Got it? 
But I want to unlock the book. No. Yes. No. Why can't uh, I? Be, be... I'll we give don't... you bread if you let me do it. No. But please. No, Illyris. Let the rogue Talia, pick no. the lock. It's in her nature. Talia no, closes the book. Talia. Talia closes the chest, keeping the professor's journal out of it, and relocks it. Picks up the chest. Um, and is there like a really high cabinet in here? Not really, no. I mean, the ceiling's yeah. only like eight feet high. Mm -hmm. Oh crap! Does she have anywhere in this house that's like really high up? Not really, no. Oh crap! That sucks. I'll okay. take it. No. <laughs> yes. No. I'll give you bread. Please. <laughs> Talia's not letting. How could you say no to this face? Oh, she said it. You have a crush. Pretty please, Talia. No. <laughs> I'll give you bread. No. You okay. not like bread? No, I do, but no. I'm trying to hide the Please. smile in my voice because I'm amused with Talia ain't. Can I, um, can I mention that as the tensions in the room get higher, you you had noticed that Eklund seemed to be carrying his bag gingerly the entire time, but it begins wriggling violently, and he. Oh my god. He, he just- he picks it up and snarls something in Terran, and it stops wriggling. He tucks it back on his cloak annoyedly. You know what? No, I don't even want to know. No, Illyris. Azafa stares at Eklund. Oh yeah, you're mean. No. What do you have in there? But after- but, um, he's- he, by this point, he is dove under the table, and he's trying to stop his bag from wriggling away until a claw pokes through the top, cuts the zipper out, and a black cat jumps out of the bag and glares at him. <laughs> a very fluky, it is a very fluffy cat with yellow eyes and abnormally large pupils and a green collar made from dyed rope. <laughs> Why do you keep your cat in a bag? Well, I guess the cat's out of the bag. He goes, once you see it open its mouth, you'll know why I can't carry it through town. <laughs> It's a cat. It just has a big mouth with extra teeth. It it's just a cat. It's a jerk. That's all it is. It's a cat. Quick. I wasn't. My name is Zarquin. He just picks up the cat and hands it a piece of leftover bacon, and the cat's just like, <clears throat> like almost takes off his hand with it. Strong, <laughs> Talia. Ooh, can I unlock the book? No. Please. No. Heckler just goes, Zarquin, sit on the fairy's head. Yes! I fly Let up. Let me unlock the book! <laughs> I fly I up above you guys. I will you. Let her unlock the book. No. We're not unlocking the book. Guys, alright. I'm unlocking the book! Alyris, what happens if you break the lock? Um, I unlock it. That's what happens. No, like, you break it. If you break it, what are we gonna do? How do we explain to this person? Would I break it? Maybe? No, I'm good at lockpicking. Let me do it. Let me let me unlock the book. Alright, promise you won't- here. If you unlock it, will you not read it? Um, okay. Re reading it sounds like a bad option. Sure. But you wanna just try unlocking it? Yes. Fine, fine. This- this isn't worth my energy. So she'll unlock the chest, take out the book, and hand it. All right, you can attempt it via disable device check. 
Okay. I love how you say attempted. I rolled a 12. A 12. Oh my lord. You start to fiddle with the lock. Not only are you not picking it, but you're fairly certain that this lock is beyond your ability. That even with a natural 20, you would not be able to pick this lock. Oh man. Now, maybe wow. when you go up a level, you might be able to, but... At the moment, at the moment, it is beyond your skill level. You're able to realize, I'm never gonna get this. <laughs> Aww, I guess I'll just have to eat some bread. Wait, wait, does she have a plus ten to the roll? It says two plus ten. Yeah, so she rolled an, yeah. a two and got a twelve. How with a thirty? Dear God! Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything with a DC above thirty. Pathfinder has very different DCs than D&D. It does. DCs of DCs of twenty five to forty are certainly not impossible. Certainly, as you go up in level, I have a character for plus twenty to a skill. Yep. Mm. Echo just goes, "All right, stand back," and pulls out his quarter staff. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're not destroying the lock. He goes. He just goes. Who said I was going for the lock? And lifts it for the eye on the cover of the book. Talia pulls back the book. Okay. He goes. Fine. I mean, I will point out that uh, you do know that uh, Embreth Dermid is the one who actually has your payment for returning these books. So, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Not destroy her property. Guys, um, yeah. can I take a minute to offer you some bread? Please. Claire already ate like four of them. She'll take one. What, what, what kind of bread do you want? Uh, do you have garlic bread? Hmm. I attempt it. You can attempt it. Uh, so I roll a d6, right? Yep. I'm betting on the one is where you don't succeed. Nope. You. I'm pretty sure that is a success. You reach into your pocket and uh, pull out some garlic bread. Yeah. Eklund, who already ate three loaves of bread already today, is just like, nope. Natalia takes it. That's her, bro. <laughs> he, takes it. He, ta- he does take a piece. No, she... like, she'll bread. fight you for it, bro. This is her bread. <laughs> what about you, Zelda? Uh, I'm good. I I prefer bacon anyway. Okay. It is about this time you also realize that the uh the platters are no longer being refilled automatically. Yeah, it's fine. She'll eat more eggs after that. Mm-hmm. You can't just waste them. Clint seems bored, so he goes outside to a random rock and just starts sharpening his claws. Okay. And, and Zarquin comes next to him and starts sharpening next to him. Wait. <laughs> Talia will fly out like Eglin. And he looks up. We aren't probably going to be the most well-received people here for not being humans and uh, being us. Maybe maybe don't be sharpening your claws outside. I'm trying to set an example for Zarquin. She was eyeing the furniture. There is a courtyard. Okay, so he goes to the courtyard instead. Thank you. Oh my god, it's like hurting cats. Literally. <laughs> I resent that. Zarquin is smart. <laughs> yeah. She ain't talking about the cat. When does uh, but, but Kendra get back? I, I need her help here. Um, well, before Kendra gets back, oh, no. you actually hear a knock on the door of the home. Again! Talia, like, excitedly pops up and flies through the door. Eklund barely avoids extending his claws and just goes with holding his quarterstaff instead. Put away the weapon. She does like the whisper oh, yell. Goes, no. Azafa suddenly perks up and immediately puts her hat on. Okay. 
I'm not. Go around the corner. You 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 go over to the um door. the door. Is there like a people? There is not. Why wouldn't you have people? Because. Eh, um, she's also chaotic. She opened the door. Okay. There are two people at the door and a wolf. Oh, a wolf? A wolf. <laughs> a wolf? Yep. Mistakes are made. The excellent hand tightens on his quarter staff. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I like that hand. Is that a boy or a girl? I can't tell. It is a very effeminate male. Uh, but I like what's an albino puppy. wolf. It's a puppy. There are two people and a wolf. Um, one of the people is a very, very, yeah, very pale human, uh, wearing somewhat of an aristocratic outfit, a long coat, kind of a floofy collar. Their hair is bleach white and shoulder length, and sitting on you want to say his shoulder, there is a raven. Um, Eklund has this look on his face like, I hate you already. No. The other one is a very large, burly man with a full beard, short brown hair, wearing chainmail. He has a axe, a bow, and a shield all strapped to him, although none of them are in his hands at the moment. Please, thank you. Next to him, there is also a very... Not a dire wolf sized, but a very large, uh, pure white oh, wow. wolf. Puppy! Eklund just gives, Eklund just gives him like a nod of respect. The smaller of the two men, um, looks at you and goes, Ah, greetings. Um, I have come here looking for one Kendra Lorimore. By any chance, uh, do you know where she could be found? Some church right now, but you can probably wait here with us. Oh, well, no, no, I, I, I we, my companion and myself certainly don't want to intrude upon you. Right. I, I, I simply have a letter to deliver. And he reaches into it. his coat and pulls out a letter that is sealed with a wax seal. <laughs> sure. By any chance, do you know if there is an inn in town? Yes. Because we got some bread. No, no, we've we've had breakfast. Uh we just wish to find a place to stay. Sure. Has, uh, wait, Eklund has manifested his claws, but he's in the back of the room, and he's just, he's not making any attack motions, but he is um, carving runes for battle on his quarterstaff with his thumb claw. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. Can I pet the puppy? <laughs> the man, it's more the, 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 pet the, it? the, the burly man chuckles. <laughs> uh, Silver, he likes pets. Uh, you may pet him. Uh, she will also join in on petting the puppy. Eklund vanishes his claws, but he walks up to the ble to Bleach Head, and um, he just like looks at the guy, but uh, sort of as a slight threat, pulls down his- he put his uh, glasses things back on to keep his eyes covered. He just pulls them down enough for the guy to see his like- creepy- like, his eyes are pretty creepy when you see them up close, because they just look like- they look like two emeralds set in his head with this dot of, like, inky, swimming darkness in the middle for his pupil. Okay. Oh, your eyes- your eyes, they're- they're fascinating. <laughs> Thank you for, uh, letting us know where the inn is. Um, if you need either Luther or myself, I am Anton Lepescu. I take it we are late for the funeral. Um, yeah, did you know the professor? Ah, yes, uh, that is actually how oh. Luther and I met. We were uh, briefly yeah. in the professor's employ. D but tell me everything. I, if you don't mind, can we uh, chat? 
Well, uh, perhaps we could uh, go check into the inn and uh, the the four of you could find us there this evening. Uh, the first round of drinks will be on me. <laughs> Great. Well, drinks to meet you. My name's Talia. Um, my friend right there in the flamboyant cloak, her name is Aliris. Uh, it makes bread. Yeah, or dirt, apparently. Yeah, sometimes. It makes dirt. All right. Um, that dude, uh, Mr. Grouchy Pants over there, that's Eklund. Your eyes are fascinating. You also notice that his eyes are almost a, like, they're, they're a really, really light green, almost yellow. I'm waiting for him to realize I don't even have pupils. <laughs> Zatha is standing, like, a ways back from the doorway, but she gives, like, a little nod to the people. Okay. And all the way back there, that's Zatha. Well, uh, we'll be very happy to uh, share stories of the professor. But like I said, we've been on the road for quite some time. We were trying to get here before the funeral last night, but apparently we were not in time. But uh, we had been asked to deliver this letter. Please find us uh, this, e this e You said it was called the Outward Inn? Oh, wait, wait, wait. What's your bird's name? <laughs> uh, if I were to tell you that, I would have to kill you. And he chuckled. No, all right. Aww. What did he say? What's your what? If I had I, I had asked what's the bird's name, and he responded, if I, if I told you that, I'd have to kill you, which made her go, oh, all right, fine. <laughs> and Eklund just gives her this incredulous, like, what? That's normal? Mm. You meet some weird people on the road. <laughs> he just he goes, I would know. I have a 300-person thieves guild looking for my head. Do? He goes, left them in the last town over. Don't worry. Impressive. All right, so they will, uh, they they will make their way away, heading uh, north into town too. Quinn will wait ten seconds and follow them. No, Tully will grab him. Oh, he goes, he goes. Look, when someone with yellow eyes and a bird on his shoulder that looks like a noble and threatens to kill you shows up, I think I'm going to go find out where they're going and what they want with Kendra. Listen, Quinn. Mm -hmm. Kendra will be back any minute. We can ask her, does she know them? And let's review really quick. Your eyes are emeralds. Valeris's eyes are orange. My eyes are- They're amber. Sorry, amber. My eyes are pink with no pupils. And Azafa got red eyes. Goes, admittedly so, but that doesn't change the fact that he's a noble with a bird on his shoulder. Although I guess we all have pets. He's, a, he's noble? a noble. He's a noble. He is. Well, he dresses like one, and those and sometimes someone who pretends to be a noble is worse than a noble themselves. I've pretended to be a noble before. He also threatened to kill you. All oh, right, I'm pretty sure I was joking. <laughs> Go. Mm. Still don't trust him. Hey, you need to calm down. So Kendra returns. Had visitors. What? Yeah. Uh, hi, Kendra. Um, here. Uh, we met, and I'll rattle off their names, because I don't know names. It was Anton Lepescu, and the other guys, uh, the only name you were given was Luther. And there's a puppy! Uh, Anton, whatever last name, uh, and Luther never caught a last name. It, Anton had a bird that I couldn't get the name of, uh, and Luther had a puppy named Silver, Wolf, not puppy, sorry. Um, and they wanted us to give you this letter. And she looks at it, turns it over, 
looks at the wax seal and it's uh there's a monogram of AA on it. Wait a sec, wait a sec. Um I I don't know if I have that. Uh, could I acknowledge local to see if I maybe know that? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a pair of initials. Anyone who has the initials AA. Fair. I mean, I don't know. There's some people who have like a style of how they do it. I mean, you can make a check if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm bored. I want rolls. So that was an 18 rolled for a 25. There's no... No one who has the initials AA that you can think of who is notable in this area. So Kendra looks at it and says, well, I should probably read this. And she prepares to break the seal. And we will pick up there next time. Oh, come on. Really? So, until next time, keep an eye open for mimics, never feed a goblin, and something something dragons. Something Something Dragons uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Something Something Dragons is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Carrion Crown, The Haunting of Harrowstone was written by Michael Cortez. If you like what you're hearing, Come check out our other shows on Twitch and YouTube at the Untold Stories Project. Also, drop us a review in iTunes or Google Play. It really helps people find us. You can also join our Discord server at Untold Stories Project or send us an email at untoldstoriesandgames at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.